You're tuning in to the Black Hollywood Live Network, featuring news, interviews, and commentary on all things Black Hollywood. Hollywood redefined. From Los Angeles, California, presented by Maria Menounos and streaming live thanks to Akamai Technologies. This is Black Hollywood Live. Justice is served. Featuring the week's roundup and commentary on legal news. Black Hollywood Live. Hollywood redefined. You're listening to Black Hollywood Live. And now, the host for Black Hollywood Live, Justice is served. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to another episode of Justice is Served on Black Hollywood Live. We don't have Mari Fagel today. We don't have Sarah Zari, but we do have Chelsea Galicia. <laughs> Way to make a girl feel special. <laughs> what, what? Well, it's more so that I am filling in for both those ladies. So uh, I got big shoes to fill. They have so much knowledge. They have so much experience. I am just a fan of the show. So I, I said, you know what? Let me fill in. Um, and kind of kind of do these topics. Thank so you. We got we got a lot of empire related news. We do. Um, we've got we've got some perjury news, and then the big one, Glenn Ford. That's a so real sad story. That's uh, I'm, I'm really looking forward to kind of hearing your thoughts on that, and of course the viewers at home. So uh, as we discuss these, feel free to comment along. Um, if you're watching after the fact on demand, comment anyway. You know, there, there's some really good stuff here. But let's let's open up with. Uh, um, Ms. Taraji P. Henson. That's right. And um, way back when, in October of 2014, she accused a cop of profiling her son. Yeah. Turns out, not so true. Not so true. Why? Okay, let me ask you this. There was a video that came, came out that shows the interaction between the son and the cop. And, uh, you know, written out, very normal conversation. That, that he, he admitted to smelling like weed. Um, he admitted to having um, Ritalin, Ritalin, but it wasn't his, and he wasn't taking it. And he, or he just at least didn't have a prescription for it on him, which you I, need to when you are carrying around a prescription drug. From what I read, it was he said it was his friends, but real original. What? <laughs> but anyway, the the point is, yeah, he originally got pulled over because he blew a stop sign, and he admitted that. And so, it, all in all, a normal interaction. Without much, because trust me, there's been some. I've had some horror stories, um, and for those of you listening, I'm white, and there's no, but no, but there, there, there's like, point, and right? I get it. Here's the thing: I, I 100 percent there's 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 uh, racial profiling and and you know cops, uh, and especially now the climate of cops and kind of dealing with um, um, blacks. It's 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 a very troubling time, but it's you know. I'm glad that this wasn't the case. Well, yeah, except it's a huge embarrassment for her and a big setback for everybody who has a legitimate profiling issue. So all how this came out is that she was interviewed by Uptown Magazine and claimed that the Glendale Police Department had profiled her son. Same with uh, police officers at USC. Uh, so the USC story was that he was at the campus checking it out and he had his hands in his pockets and that made him suspicious 
And I don't know the details. I haven't read the details of what exactly happened, but um, this caused USC now to launch an investigation about why he may have been profiled for walking around with his hands in his pockets. But the Glendale uh, story is is worse. And it, the story kind of blended the two together. It almost made it seem like Glendale and the USC thing were one and the same. Very separate. If you're from L.A. or not from L.A., you know that Glendale and USC are on opposite sides of town. So this was a completely different story. And the cop was behind the car, so couldn't see his face, couldn't see his race. When um, Taraji's son b- went through the crosswalk, when the flashing yellow lights were going, meaning you got to slow down and wait for a pedestrian to be completely out of the crosswalk. And he kind of slowed down but blew through it. And then so the officer pulled him over and uh, was very, very nice to him, asked him to be honest, thanked him for being patient, thanked him for being cooperative, told him exactly what he was going to do. His tone was really nice. He was very respectful. So very, why, very nice. Why is this surfacing now, though? Well, because she mentioned it in this Uptown interview. Apparently, after this happened, her son... I, I don't know. I would really like her son to come out and say how this happened, whether he told his mom a fib of a story or... You know, Taraji took it upon herself to say, well, how did my son get a weed ticket when he got pulled over for a traffic violation? I mean, she called it bogus because he didn't get a ticket for what he was originally pulled over for. Well, actually, when you watch the video, you find out there's a good reason for it. And the good reason is in the son's her son's favor because he wouldn't get a moving violation. You get a moving violation. You got a point on your record. You got to go to traffic school. Really expensive versus a weed ticket is just like a parking ticket. Yeah. Much easier to deal with. So he did the guy a favor. But uh, apparently when he got home or when Taraji found out about it, the circumstances that she thought went down were much different. And so and now could, could, she Could said, that be, I mean, could it just be under the fact that, you know, I mean, just as an instinctual thing of, okay, you know, because um, in my mind, in some ways you get pulled out, you know, blowing a stop sign. And that ticket seems like a lesser thing versus weed because I mean weed has such a history and things like that right and such a negative connotation um, still to this day and, and even you know, though we got the- now the new law that makes it a minor minor infraction I mean you're worse off running through a crosswalk than you are with a little bit of weed on you that is the state of the law in California. But that's what I'm and saying. So act, acting on emotion versus seeing the facts for what they were. Yeah, except that this happened in October. And I don't know when she did this interview, but it recently came out in the February, March issue of the magazine. So it's not like she this happened yesterday and she just out of anger and emotion said this. She had time to look into what happened. I mean, she acknowledged in her apology that she didn't get the whole story when she said what she did. So she issued a big whoopsie. Um, but I don't know if it if it's good enough. Do you have any opinion on that? Uh, if it's good enough, I mean, I, I think, you know, I, I think it is good enough. But to your earlier point, where does it put everyone else who, who it, you know, it's like the, uh, the boy who cried wolf syndrome. So, okay, now this is going to be, an, it could be used as a negative example of, okay, well, you guys are, um, it's always everyone's saying, you know, profiling, 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 and just becomes this um, almost desensitized, demeaning kind of word 
that just eventually means nothing. Yeah, I, I, I think that there are people who are still upset this that are really pissed off at her. I'm sure she should be pretty pissed off at her son uh, because this is works really against the cause of getting the country to pay attention to the profiling and the racial uh, injustice that really does go on in this country. And this is a huge slap in the face to anybody with a legitimate case of it. And uh, yeah, I, I, I agree. And so, um, you know, I would just always check the facts and, and especially nowadays with, you know, not necessarily tied into this, but I just know, don't necessarily act on emotion because the the stats and the truth and right. facts, like, again, uh, weed versus a traffic ticket. And now she's would, this huge star. So what she says, everyone's paying attention to. Yeah. Absolutely. All right. Um, in other empire news, um, Terrence Howard's ex-wife is going after his empire money. So he's making over um, 100 grand an episode on Empire, at least for the first season. Um, Everyone's speculating uh, that it's obviously going to be bumped for season two. What it's going to be, who knows? Um, That report hasn't come out yet, but he's supposed to pay um, just shy of six grand a month. um, And apparently he hasn't. Well, people are really confused about this because they were only married, Michelle Ghent, and he were only married for about a year, back 2010-2011. And then now she's claiming she's owed a total of about $500,000. I know a lot of that is for attorneys and accountants, which are very expensive. Uh, And she's supposed to get paid six grand or close to six grand a month. But also there's some sort of agreement in the um, spousal support that if he makes more than something like 65 grand in a 3 month window she's supposed to get 21% of the excess so it could be a, a lot of money and people are like why should she get all this money if they were only married for a year cuz the law says you get support for half the length of the marriage if it was uh in California less than 10 years i believe it is so why is she going after all of this money Terrence Howard is saying it's because he was blackmailed with photos and video that he agreed to this outrageous settlement. I just saw that this morning. Um, whatever the case is, he agreed to it. And now he's not paying. We might not like the reason that she gets to go after him. But apparently that's what was agreed to. That's what the judge ordered. So I don't really know how he thinks he's going to get out of this. Well, I mean, part... You know, um, and there's other stuff that uh, you had mentioned to me earlier that I want to touch upon because he's been audited by the IRS and various other things. So that'll come into play. But for me, the initial reaction was, um, again, you can make any amount of money, but but at the end of the day, okay, it depends. Like he could be running other businesses and, and that could be feeling that. So it's, an, it's a reinvestment into those other businesses. So is he really, you know, it depends how you define what he's making off of that. Yeah, well, and that's one of the uh, allegations is that he's funneling some of this money through uh, a previous ex-wife's business to make it look like he's not making the kind of money that she, Michelle, is thinking that he does. Uh, that's why we have forensic accountants who are paid lots and lots of money to figure this out. Uh, but is that is that a legitimate thing? Like, I mean, if, if he puts it just even, uh, you know, Without funneling it, could he just put it back into the business and, and claim that, hey, this is in, in the cost of operations for these businesses. Yeah, I well, need to – this is the money that goes into it. I haven't seen that he owns any other business. And I, I'm not sh- exactly sure the relationship between his first 
ex-wife or a previous ex-wife. I'm not but sure. But it could be even like charities, right? I mean, there's other ways to yeah. you know, However, not have to pay taxes. If and all I of a sudden he becomes Mother Teresa and starts, you know, trying to save the world, it, it, it that's not going to fly. I mean, the law can be dumb, but that's really stupid to just assume all of a sudden he's getting rid of all his money. And but I don't think he's really getting rid or giving this to, to charity at all. This is, uh, I don't know where the, the, the money is going, but he, and he's not claiming he's not making the money. He's just saying he agreed to this because she is, um, so is he agreeing that he's going to pay it off? Well, he's not agreeing to pay. He's now saying that he, she's uh, extorting him, that, you know, she manipulated him into this agreement. Uh, well, that would have been a great thing to tell the judge way back when he made the decision. But it seems like he's just he has a long history of money problems. You mentioned uh, the IRS issues before. At one point, he owed the uh, federal government a million dollars. And then the state of California, $150,000. He's also been sued by an ex-manager. And this isn't to say that in this scenario, all these uh, reasons make the the wife or the ex-wife, Michelle Gent, correct. But it just shows that he's got a pattern. Yeah, of of non-payment. So one day it'll probably catch up to him. And he probably would have been better off paying all this money off before... um, Empire. Empire. Yeah. Because then to the public, he would, he would have much more clean hands. He would have kept up with all his payments. Apparently he's behind 49 payments. So if he would have been keeping, uh, to the agreement, he would look, you know, much better. And then if there really is some sort of extortion claim, he can count or he can sue her, but that's a new claim. That's not a now I'm just not going to pay because I don't think that the way you got me to agree to this settlement was kosher in the first place. Yeah. So there you go. Let us know your thoughts at home about what you guys think. Obviously, um, Empire, very, very popular show. So it's, you know, there, there's a lot of sides to this. And we're this means we're going to keep hearing about yeah. Mr. Howard's uh, home issues since he's going to be in the news. Absolutely. And then um, in other news, not Empire related, we have Corinne Stephens admitting to perjury about claims that um, her husband, her ex-husband, beat their son. Yeah. So this was kind of interesting. Do you remember? Did you watch the show? uh, Family Family Matters. Matters? Of course. I love that one. Uh, So in this situation, it's this. Uh, let's see if I can break this down. So Corinne Steffens was married to Darius McCrary. And uh, when they got married, Darius had a young son, like in diapers aged son with another woman who for some reason could not care for the child. And so Darius had full custody. Corinne says she practically raised the child. The child called her mom. And so even though now she and Darius are divorced, she still cares a lot for this child. And I'm getting all of this from an interview. I don't even know if I'd call it an interview. It was more like a 20-minute rant from mm-hmm. her on Vlad TV explaining the situation. And so even though her divorce is done and she's moved on and she's married to somebody else and she doesn't care about Darius, this whole situation about the abuse of their son uh, was weighing on her. It was costing her her uh, health and she didn't look good and it was breaking her spirit. So somebody talked her into, she says, taking it back. 
so that she could just be done with all the drama of this. She didn't want to see Darius in court. So she's saying that she committed perjury when she uh, signed an affidavit that she saw Darius beat this stepson of hers, sort Mm -hmm. of, with a spoon. So she's now backtracking on that story. But according to this interview, she's saying she only is changing her story because of her health and her own well-being and that this was just too much. She she couldn't go through with this. So I don't really know how well this is going to do with any um, court, any court that tries that's looking at this um, potential. I mean, it's not a potential perjury claim. When you swear, when you sign an affidavit, you're swearing under penalty of perjury that what you're saying is true and correct. And she has now gone back on that, saying that she was emotional and upset about the divorce, and that's why she made this up. Well, then now, on this interview, she's saying, no, I didn't make it up, and I actually don't care about the divorce. I'm so over it. I'm on to the next one. Um, It's that I just wasn't feeling well enough to go through with uh, this case about abuse. So, whoa. (laughs) I I hope everyone could keep up with that. I don't know. Did that make sense? Yeah, I mean, it's, it made sense. It's very confusing to begin with. And, and it's going to take a lot to kind of untangle. And and that's the whole, like, what, what is the truth there? And ultimately, what was your goal? If your goal was to get things off your chest and, 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 uh, you know, you you just say it like that rather than like, okay, here's some facts. Let me go off on that. Oh, no, let me change it. Like, here's the facts. I do feel bad about them. They weigh heavy on me, but the, unfortunately they are the facts, and I wish I could absolve myself of all of this, but there's the story. I, the interview that she gave, if any court, anybody uh, in the system listens to that, it, it it's just one evasive, manipulative, dramatic run-on story that made very little sense and that did not do her any favors. And uh, the victim of all this is perhaps the son. If there is some abuse, I hope somebody's checking on that. Now the the birth mother has custody of this child. So hopefully he's okay, but what a mess. I don't know what else to say besides what a mess. But if she goes to, I mean, she could go. She, can you imagine if she's the next Martha Stewart? She goes away for perjury. I would be kind of interesting if. Yeah, I mean, there what, was what, what, a what do you, I mean, head in prison? What do you think? Like, what, what's her options? What do you think is going to happen? Well, Where's this? Where could this go? In the state of California, perjury is a felony, and it's punishable by up to f- about four years in prison, if I remember that correctly. Hardly anybody ever goes away for that long. Hardly anybody, well, we don't hear about very often people that get prosecuted for perjury. So my guess is that not very much is going to happen with it, Um, but it should. Yeah. Absolutely. I mean... But I doubt she'll see jail time, although it would be... I mean, part of the problem with, I, you know, I don't necessarily see something happening with it. It's just so confusing. And to have to untangle that is 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 going to cost some money. As 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 confusing as she tried to make it, there's a couple of things that are very clear. She signed an affidavit claiming somebody was beating their child, and then she signed something else saying no, that wasn't true. That part is clear. The reason for her taking it back might be unclear, but she's she's admitted that she yeah. lied under oath. Doesn't get more clear than that. 
There you go. So, last story of the day. Glenn Ford has been denied restitution for over 30 years on death row for a murder he did not commit. Oh, uh, there's so many sides to this story. You have uh, you have the former attorney that that was prosecuting him apologizing and saying, "I you know I, I wish him the best of luck." Essentially, saying and I w- he should get everything that the system allows. I mean, he really felt bad. That's right, and um, you can get up to twenty five uh, two hundred fifty thousand dollars in terms of um, total restitution. Yeah, twenty five thousand a year, but it caps out at two fifty. And the the reasoning for this is, um, and you can maybe explain it better, but um, the fact that even though he didn't commit the murder himself, he was basically um, knowledgeable of it and kind of a, not necessarily a party to it, but just involved. Yeah. So, so what happened in 1983, way back in 1983, the year I was born, were you alive then? No. Oh, man. Okay, so way back in 1983, um, Glenn Ford was invited to participate in a robbery, and he declined. But two men did rob uh, a man, Isidore Rosewood, and ended up murdering him. Mr. Ford did receive some of the stolen property, pawned it. There was, uh, perhaps he was trying to get, help get rid of the gun. Nowhere in the record did I see how much he knew about the murder. Mm-hmm. But in his uh, request for restitution, he was denied because the statute said that you can't be guilty of any crimes in the circumstances under which the crime was committed. So this is where the lines get blurred. He was convicted of murder. And then an informant came around about a year ago and and said, no, he actually wasn't there. So he's completely exonerated of the murder. He was released unconditionally. This judge who made this decision to deny restitution is hung up on the robbery itself. He did not spend 30 years in prison for robbery, but the judge says that he was an accessory to the robbery. He knew that the robbery was going to occur and didn't stop it, which is actually not a crime, but uh, he was involved, could say, in the robbery. But I didn't see anywhere in the judge's opinion that he was involved in the murder itself. Mm-hmm. And if he had somehow been involved in the murder, then the statute might preclude him from getting something. But the just because the robbery and the murder took place in, at the exact same time, I don't believe that the um, statute would have intended for uh, Mr. Ford to not get restitution based on the other crime that occurred at the same time, which he may have tangentially been uh, involved with. Yep. So that clarify no, anything a, at all it, absolutely and i mean to, to make matters worse present day now i mean he's going through some serious health issues yeah stage um, four lung cancer um and they're wanting to at least the money to go towards hospice care at the moment and they're saying he's got less than a year left so I, whatever he get, there's not much time for him to this is really sad yeah he's now 65 years old and he's spent close to 30 years in prison half of his lifetime for a crime that he didn't commit granted he may have committed other crimes but he would not have gone for uh, away for nearly as long so now he's out understandably in a, a tough 
position even without the health issues, but then add the health issues on top of that, and uh, the situation is pretty dire for him. It, it's a terrible, terrible, terrible set of circumstances, and justice is, um, I, I, I don't know if it will ever be truly served in this case. Yeah, I mean, there's there's a lot of there's a lot of parties arguing um, how it should be handled, and, and so they're coming at it from all the angles. And um, it seems, for the most part, that a lot of people are on Ford's case, you know, Ford's side. Yeah, the, he's got the Innocence Project of New Orleans helping him out with this. They've appealed this judge's um, decision, and so hopefully things will go through quickly. But I don't know anything in the legal system that happens quickly. I mean, certainly not enough. I mean, with, with his health issues, not enough to help him. Yeah. But um, in terms of other cases like this, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm not. It's all new to me. But could it help in the larger sense? Um, it could, but not very often because it's not. It is often, more often than we want to admit that somebody spends 30 years on death row for a murder that they didn't commit. The the appeal on this will be on such a, a small issue. For me, the way I see it is it's about breaking up the robbery from the murder and getting the court to see that his involvement in the robbery doesn't mean that he was involved in the murder. And so the statute wouldn't apply. Um, but it's a good thought. I mean, mm-hmm. maybe it will. There you go. So, that's all the legal news for this week that we have, April 1st, 2015. Um, we'll certainly be back next week. Let us know your thoughts and opinions. And by the way, let us know what you guys want to talk about. Uh, I'm sure if there's legal issues, let us know that. And we might just end up putting them in topics. More often than not, we, we obviously go for the bigger ones. So, we, we try to keep the pulse of um, things. Yeah. But in the meantime... Um, during this week where can people find you at chelsea galicia there you go and um i believe it's at mari fagel and um azaria law yes um for sarah and mari um there you go thank you guys for joining us thank you phil for filling in well done and if you haven't done so subscribe on youtube.com slash black hollywood live subscribe over on itunes or we're also on soundcloud so however you want to get us whether watching listening doesn't matter we're there for you we're free for you um we'll see you next week bye everyone producers maria menounos dario Kristen, tiana hobson kevin undergaro and the entire bhl crew we would like to thank you for supporting black hollywood live the first online broadcast network dedicated to african-american entertainment for questions and comments contact us at info at blackhollywoodlive.com like us on facebook tweet us or instagram us at bhl online and i'm your bhl announcer scipio instagram me at planet scipio thank you for tuning in uh, see you later. The views expressed here are those of the host only and do not necessarily reflect the views of BHL or its owners or principals.